In 2020, Bob Dylan sold his entire catalog to Universal Music for a reported $300 million. Bruce Springsteen sold to Sony Music a year later for about $550 million. If a Bruce Springsteen is going to sell, or a Sting is going to sell, and a Paul Simon is going to sell, and a Bob Dylan is going to sell, you know, that kind of opens up the floodgates for artists in general. Now, back to the Pete McMurray Show. Boy, music is big business. That was from CBS Sunday Morning, which just aired. Larry Mistel has been in the music business forever. He was with Island, Arista. He ran Virgin Records. He is now the founder and CEO of Primary Wave Music. And Larry joins us now. How are you, Larry? I'm doing good, Pete. Nice to see you and uh, good to be here. I am so glad you brought up Bruce Springsteen because I'm a Springsteen lover. This show, these two do not like Bruce Springsteen. They don't understand Springsteen. You're a Jersey guy. You grew up with Springsteen. Explain to them Springsteen. Well, first of all, how could you not like Bruce Springsteen? Hey, when, I mean, when, you, when you're a toad, the wet sprocket guy, I mean, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what, Rob? That explains it all. I, know. <laughs> I keep trying to fall in love with Bruce because I know how much he means to millions of people, but... Mm-hmm. His mush mouth ain't doing it for me. Oh. Can I tell you, I, I grew up in New Jersey and I was not a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. I've gained greater respect for Bruce, his music, his genius as a lyricist. The older I've gotten and, and the more the years have gone on, I think he's absolutely brilliant. You know, I, I went uh, I went to Clive Davis's 90th birthday party and Bruce gave a tribute to Clive Um on on screen and it was the highlight of the night he is poetic he's a great lyricist he sang blinded by the light it was so good and it just it it just reminded me of of what a genius he is this is the difference between larry and myself larry was at clive davis's birthday party (laughs) i went to a seven-year-old's birthday party last weekend this is what i love i love this right here but Larry, we were talking Springsteen. He just sold to Sony. Bob Dylan sold. Uh, Neil Young sold. You've been doing this since 2006. Why is everybody selling right now? Is it the pandemic and they're realizing, well, I'm not getting any younger. What's going on? Yeah, you know, I think I think there are a lot of reasons. First of all, um, you know, artists are getting older. They want to estate plan. They they want cash. Multiples are are uh, historically high. And, and also, frankly, the reason why a lot of artists are selling to us is, is because of a partnership. I don't even call it selling. I call it partnering, which is a very large marketing platform, ideation platform, brand platform, digital strategy platform. And there's just opportunity out there if you work these great works of art. If you actually put a little elbow grease in and don't put the songs in a drawer, there's just opportunity for artists that that are looking for opportunity that's the word right there opportunity and obviously you see value in spending that type of money otherwise you wouldn't be throwing it around the way you guys have so clearly it's a win-win you know rob that's our pitch to artists and and what i say to artists so look we've been doing this 16 years our competitors have been doing it for 16 minutes you know if, if and that's a long time for them. <laughs> you know a, a lot of these guys have been doing it for less than two years and i say to artists look if you want to see whether or not we're great partners, call Paul Anka, call Pat Houston, who runs the Whitney Houston estate, 
call, you know, all the artists that we do business with and, and, you know, they'll give you a great recommendation because we actually deliver. Larry, explain how you get Whitney Houston's music. She's dead. And well, somebody still owns the masters. I understand. But when someone dies like Whitney does or a prince or someone like that, I feel like there's always fighting behind the scenes. You got to find the right person. You make a bid and it takes forever. Explain the process. Yeah, well, it's actually it's actually a relatively straightforward process. You know, I had been at Arista Records for for about uh, four years or so running Arista Records, and I had met the Houston family. And so years and years later, you know, uh, this was now three years ago. So back around 2019 or so, we reconnected uh, a mutual acquaintance, reconnected us primary wave with uh, with Pat Houston and Donna Houston. And, you know, we met and we talked about all the things that we could help them with and be a great partner and protect Whitney's legacy and help them achieve some of the things that that they had been looking to do for a while, which is, you know, a biographical film and a, and a, and a Broadway show. And so, you know, we connected, you know, we paid a, a very fair price. And I think if you ask the estate, they would say, my God, we love the partnership. We wish we would we would have done this earlier because there's just so much opportunity if you have a team. It's very hard when you're one or two people, but you know we're 80 people strong, and we have a division that just does branding. Um, you know, Pete, I know you know our head of, of brand marketing, Jeff Strawn. Uh, there's a guy named Adam Lohenberg who's our chief marketing officer. We've got Rob Dippold who's head of digital strategy. We've got Natalia Nataskin who's head of content creation and, you know, on and on and on, we've got these departments that work very hard to create new IP, to create, you know, these great opportunities. Let's just say Taylor Swift is my sister and I, and she passes away. I'm in charge of the estate. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do with her music catalog. You are the person I need to contact because you could tell me the best way to respect the catalog and have her represented in the future. I yes. feel like we kind of skipped over that and are you, but that's the gist, right? Yeah. Look, the gist is an artist really needs to be very careful as to who they partner with or who they connect with. And I never, ever recommend that an artist sell a hundred percent of what they have. When we bought uh, into the Whitney Houston estate and partnered with the estate, we bought 50%. When we did a deal with Stevie Nicks, we bought 70%. We want the artist to retain a significant share for a number of reasons. One, we want the artist to feel that this is a real partnership. Two, we want the artist to participate with us in the marketing and in yeah. all of the promotion that we do and the, the creation of, of new opportunities. And then, and then three, not only participate, but we want them to have financial upside that when we do a good job, we want them to say, wow, you know, th- we're glad we partnered with you because we're benefiting also. Man, it's such big business. We're talking with founder and CEO of Primary Wave Music, Larry Mistel. Let me simplify it for people that are listening right now. When we hear a song on TikTok or in a TV commercial, that's what your company does. You get these songs out there and you make your clients and yourself money. And same with movies, correct? Same thing with movies, advertisements. And again, you know, the big difference is we've got a very large team that is out there pitching every day every day. We're not waiting for the phone to ring, although it's, hey, it's great 
<laughs> yeah, it's always nice when they yeah. come to you, right? Yeah, what right. could be better than the phone ringing? But you know, we're doing a we're building a theater in Las Vegas, a, a forty million dollar theater with one of the big hotels wow. in Las Vegas to do a Bob Marley show and destination experience. We're doing it with a company that have produced you know the last fifteen Olympic games, so it's a big, big production. Jeez, man, it's big money for Marley. We're doing. We're, we've just finished the locking in the, the Whitney Houston biographical film. It's now um, in edit stage. Anthony McCartan, who wrote Bohemian Rhapsody, the compelling pictures guys who, who co-produced Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, Clive Davis and the Houston estate. So we've all teamed up to, uh, to make this what will be a great Whitney Houston film. You know, th- those are the things we do where, um, but again, you know, you have to be aggressive. You have to spend money. And you have to have will and fortitude to get this stuff done. It's My nephews movement. who are young were singing an Elton John song, I'm Still oh. Standing. And I said, how the heck do you know this song? That's right. Because it was in a kid's movie recently. Right. And you're right. It's about getting those opportunities to introduce new generations to these great artists so that they want to keep seeking out the albums. It, exactly. you got to go where the people are, where are kids finding music. And you're right, in movies, in advertisements, in television shows online, everywhere, by the way, including radio, but not exclusively anymore. It used to be that people would discover music when a top 40 station put something into rotation. That's just not the case anymore. Right. So I think artists are realizing, hey, uh, if we want our music discovered, we got to go where the people are. I remember when Michael Jackson bought the Beatles catalog, he outbid Paul McCartney. That was such a big deal because everybody thought, oh, my God, Michael Jackson owns the Beatles now. Maybe we're going to see it on TV. What's going to happen? That was an iconic moment right there. Was That was. That was. In fact, I do. I am familiar with that story, and I'm not sure that Michael outbid him as much as outmaneuvered him and didn't Ah, tell him he was buying it. (laughs) But I could be wrong. I think uh, there's a little more to that story, Pete. Well, it just seems like you guys are doing it better because I go back to uh, one of my favorite movies. It might be kind of goofy, but The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman. Mm. And, And what song was in there? What song do most people remember from The Graduate, Simon and Garfunkel? Right, yeah, of course. Yeah. And so so it's it's been around for a while, but you guys have really hit that tap hard and you know just let the keg open. We've taken it to another extreme. We, we have an entire brand department that created a holiday for Smokey Robinson, a line of watches for you know, Smokey that, uh, that did lottery games for Aerosmith. I mean, on and on, that we, we do things that are, are not your run-of-the-mill, straight ahead, wait for the phone to ring and issue a license. We're out there creating new revenue streams and new, you know, new opportunities. It's such big money. And Larry, before you go, you've been in the music business forever. Tell me about that moment, uh, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, or lately, where you had that all moment where someone walked in or you had a meeting with an artist. Who was it? And you were in awe. I've been in awe with, uh, with most of the artists that we, uh, we do business with because I can't sing. I can't write songs. I can't play an instrument. I don't know how these guys do it, but they create. It's magic. It's, it is. They create art from nothing. And I'm, I'm, I'm in awe of, uh, of, of all of our artists. I, I, I really do. And, and these days, you know, we, we want to do business with artists that we love that, you know, appreciate 
the uh, the work that our team is putting in and, and appreciate partnership in this business today. Well, it was fun to see you on CBS Sunday morning. We put it on uh, Facebook if people want to check it out. Larry Mistel from Primary Wave Music. Great to see you. Thank you for coming on. Oh, you too. Always a pleasure, guys. All right, Larry. Thanks, thanks so much. Thanks, Larry. You're the best. Bye-bye. More of the Pete McMurray Show next. Just like-